Welcome to the Hate Us or Love Us podcast. This is your boy, Russell. This is Nick. And we are introducing our brand new name. We don't care if you like it. We like it. So get used to it. Yeah, that's going to be the new name from now on. So you, you wanted us to come up with a name and we got a name for you. So we heard the fans or the people that are supporters. I'm not going to call them fans. Groupies. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't have any groupies, but you know, whatever. I didn't either. My mom listens to it. So I I'm not even gonna touch that one, bro. I appreciate uh, you it. just pretty much called your mom a group. No, I'm just saying that's no, why I'm saying call, I don't. Look, hi, Mrs. Lawrence. I just want to let you know that was your your oldest son calling you a groupie, and I'll make sure I forward this episode right to her. Hey, haters or lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, that's exciting news. We've got a brand new name that we're rolling out, and <laughs> Nick is having an adult beverage at my house, and. Uh, he is an Eagles fan, as you all remember from the first episode. And uh, I have Cowboys coaster, so he just got mad and threw it up. Just realized I was putting it on a Dallas Cowboys coaster, so I got kind of upset. I apologize for throwing it on your laptop. <laughs> well, that's the work laptop. You can throw the laptop, throw it on the laptop we're recording with, so we're good. So, man, uh, let's go ahead and get started. How was your weekend? <laughs> So uh, my weekend was good. Went to a uh, a surprise gender reveal. Oh, they uh, told us it was a fish fry. So I showed up the customary uh, customarily late the on uh, CPT, and uh, I was only about three hours late. And come to find hmm. out, it was a gender reveal. So had I showed up on time, then I would have been there for all of that. But it was cool. Got to support my people. Uh, congratulations to the couple. I'm not sure if they uh, announced it on social media yet, but I think. I think they did. I saw it on Instagram. I think so, but I'll double check just to be sure. Yeah, we don't want to put their business out there if they don't care for you. Hey. <laughs> if they don't care for me or they don't care. I'm them. talking to the people, not oh, you. Okay. You was there. I was like, <laughs> dang, they don't mess with me. <laughs> they going to invite you and not care for it. So uh, congratulations to them. Some of our, uh, my wife and I's best friends, um, no, one of my fraternity brother, his gorgeous and uh, smart and just his better half. So love them as a couple. All of that and excited about their new addition. So shout out to them if they're listening. If not, then I take back everything. That yeah, if they're not listening, then whatever you brought over to their house, you need to get back because they're not real friends. It was a little wine, but. Well, you need to take it back. Well, to be fair, given the current situation, I don't know how much she's going to be drinking anyway. So to be fair, <laughs> you still need it back. <laughs> so uh, I suggest you contact them and then quiz them on one of the podcasts. If they Just get, one of, name me one title. <laughs> if they get it wrong, then you you could also get your gift back and you get to pick a gift. <laughs> Just randomly say something at their house. Yep, it could be uh, a pillow. It can be a coaster. You know it, what? I have been eyeing this couch right, right. now. Load it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the area, so I'll help you move it. You are. Oh, oh. Speaking of listeners, shout out to, we'll get into this later, but shout out to the people uh, who did participate after last week, uh, giving us some feedback. Uh, special shout out to Tight T. Uh, support his music. You can find it on every streaming uh, site that is on or every streaming site. You can get out there and listen to him. Uh, it's my guy. I've seen him grow over the last 10 years. Really proud of just the work that he's put in and the artist he's become. But uh, also shout out to, uh, Excuse me, Nick's little brother. He actually in the middle of a live podcast where he was basically pawning off somebody else's stuff. He did let me know that he listens and uh, he get, even gave me a couple of titles. Oh wow! He told me what his favorite episodes were and that he was catching up. So, um, you know, I know that y'all aren't related by blood, but we can't uh, be. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dude, man. I love him to death. Uh, yeah, shout out to all the feedback. It was much appreciated. We listened to it. We do plan to make this better, you know, work with us. We do have a, a job <laughs> that we work right. at 40 plus hours a week. This so. is not paying bills. And uh, it took me forever to get, we're recording out of Russell's oh, luxurious here home. Here you go. Hold on. Is Jeffrey, you working today? No. All right. <laughs> so uh, his, his butler is off today. Man, come on, man. You got to grow up. No, I'm looking at this. You've been waiting a week to do this. (laughs) If y'all see this cabinet, the cabinets in the kitchen. Come on, man. And he has a Samsung refrigerator. Samsung. (laughs) That actually. Uh, I've got an ice box. Like this is right where my heart is. A super nice apartment. It has to be about three thousand a month. Man, come on, man. But again, thanks. No, shout out to Jeremy, man. 
Uh, J Flo, he's also a rapper, one of the most talented rappers I've ever listened to. Um, I'm still waiting on him to drop us a, a new project, but uh, hopefully he's got something cooking soon. But you can check him out if you need uh, some recommendations on either one of the artists. I can tell you my favorite tracks, my favorite projects from them and put you on the right track with them. So shout out to our guys. Yep, man, we appreciate everything y'all done. And again, man, we appreciate you listening. Continue listening. Continue giving us, giving us that feedback. And we'll do our best to make it, you know, your most listened to podcast. Yeah, so we are closing in on our first 100 listens. Uh, on- I'm getting a sound. Next week, we're going to have a soundboard because I'm tired of Nick. I, I, I really think people like the originality of my sound. I, I, we're going <laughs> to leave us a, a note. And let mur, us, mur, mur. <laughs> if I have to pay to get a soundboard, <laughs> I'm going to have one. Just so, And I'll let you click the button, whatever you want to. Just please stop doing that's that. A, that's a good compromise. But... Uh, our first episode, Welcome to Our World, is at 98 plays right now. Uh, the Baby is at 55, and uh, the last one from last week's at almost 40. So nice. we're getting started off to a good track. Thank you for everybody that listens. Uh, my mom just picked it up, so she gave us some feedback, told me that her baby was right about the KD argument. Of course she's going to say her baby is right. Well, whatever. <laughs> my mom gave me some feedback. She was like, you don't need to be using that language with Russell's <laughs> baby that I like, Mom, she had on headphones. Well, maybe if you didn't call your mom a groupie, she'd be on your side. Maybe she needs to stop acting like a groupie and, and texting me and calling me every day. How about that? Let me live. <laughs> I'm change my number. <laughs> but you told me, you, you also, you told me you had an a interesting story of something that happened to you this weekend. <laughs> so, um, so, Right by, I went to, I told you all, I went to the fish fry slash baby introduction to this world or whatever it's called, gender reveal, that's the word. Whatever for. it's called. It's the same thing, people <laughs> like, hey, we having a baby and it's pink or blue, what's up? Uh, side note, um, my our friend, bro, did you see how hard he hit that pinata? Yeah. Like, I think he's, every bit of muscle he had <laughs> was behind that swing. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, so I'm leaving there. Got my daughter with me, right? Passed by uh, Nick's estate and uh, <laughs> stop at the gas station. Because, you know, I was trying to get up there. It didn't stop. I knew I had enough to get to where I was going. Stopped at the gas station on the way back, finna head back to uh, Murfreesboro. So I'm there, cooling. Gave my daughter a little snack. You know what I'm saying? Looking in the window, making sure she's cool. And out the corner of my eye, my... My spidey senses, my my sniper senses go off. <laughs> Young lady looking at me from the side, uh, from the from the passenger side of her best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. <laughs> and um, but she looks at me. I look up. You know, what I'm saying, go back to doing what I'm doing. Uh, trying to find my car, getting ready to swipe. And she looks down. She looks over her homegirl who was driving. Says something, whatever. So I'm not studying it, going about my business. So the driver gets out. She walks around and she gets, you know, kind of close to me, but I'm in full daddy mode at this point. So I'm like, man, I don't know what she's got going on. And she trying, you know what I'm saying, steal my truck. It's, I don't trust it. I don't like anybody getting close to me and my daughter. So she looks at me. I have on a tank top and she says, hey there. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> like, I didn't know, you know, like, keep in mind, as long as I've been married and faithfully married and faithful to my wife, the love of my life. This is what Aisha Curry wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. You know, I I guess I don't have that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have that, that, like, she's trying to talk to me vibe anymore. So, yeah, I was just like, what's up? Like, what's going on? (laughs) And she said, hey, so my friend over there noticed that you was a cute. Okay. (laughs) And so she goes, yeah, so... Um, well, I just wanted to let you know that, uh, I am a dancer and in case you ain't any of your guys, in case y'all needed like, uh, some entertainment for tonight, um, just put your number or I'll just put my number in your phone. Hold on. Ooh. Nah. (laughs) Whoa. Got too much dip on your chip there. (laughs) So (laughs) needless to say, man, you know, I had a stripper come up and try to talk to me. Now, back in the day, you already know. I'd be like, oh, work. <laughs> but you got to be a special type of scumbag to have your daughter sit right there 
watching you I mean, talk to a stripper. I'm not asking for myself, but what for the listeners, what gas station was that? Oh, it was literally the one beside your apartment. All right. <laughs> in, in case y'all want to know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up for our <laughs> listeners. Um, but um, yeah, man. So I say that I wanted to tell that story. One, because I thought it was interesting. If y'all didn't think it was interesting, again, I really don't care. I told my story. You listen to it. Good. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, before that, before that, for the listeners again, <laughs> did you get raped? <laughs> I thought you asked me if I got raped. <laughs> no. That's what that awkward pause was for. <laughs> in front of my daughter? You gonna rape me in front of my daughter? <laughs> so she was a female Jody? <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, I, I didn't get raped. Sorry, everybody. He didn't get raped. I'm not in that season of my life where I'm really conversing <laughs> with strippers at a gas station. Um, it could have been an opportunity to save a life. Well, save a, a life through Christ. It could have been. But, you know, I feel like it wasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't really have a comeback. <laughs> but, but what were you about to say? Um, you say all that to ask a question. So... Yeah, so you know, she first of all, I'm, I'm low key appalled, as you all probably know. If you know me, if you have been around me for any length of time, you know that I am one of the upstanding gentlemen of Omega Sci-Fi. I'm a proud brother of the the Q's, if you will. And is that the reputation that we have? Like, do you want an honest answer? <laughs> I. Flabbergasted. <laughs> First of all, I want to let you know that Q's are Christians. We are black men, so therefore we don't cheat. Don't cheat. Black men all. don't cheat. At all. And we're Christians on top of that. We're just out here trying to do the Lord's work. So let me speak on behalf of the 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 minority of the Q population. <laughs> yes, that is your reputation. My goodness, we're gonna have to talk about this at our next meeting. Yeah, I don't right know. after Bible study. What do y'all call it? Conclave or something like that? At the conclave. Whatever y'all go down there, maybe you know, Reverend Deacon Q need to talk to the rest of the Speaking of, it's gonna be in Tampa. You trying to roll? What I look like around a whole bunch of Q's. Like college? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> I mean Oh, I have a, a I have a hilarious a, a hilarious bro. story about my Q adventures, and we may get into it. Go and tell it. I mean, this is the story. Basically, all my my the brothers I'm really close to from the surrounding chapters that uh, you know we both Nick and I both went to Tennessee Tech. So my chapter brothers, the brothers from MTSU, the brothers from UTC, the brothers from Cumberland, the brothers from Knoxville would all come up, and I was relatively popular. Like we were a, a meeting spot, if you will. And so to this day, they all still ask. To this about, day, <laughs> they also ask about Nick to this uh, to this day. And they're like, hey, what's your boy Nick up to? Like, some of you kind of look like, is he the brother? How come he don't hang out? Like, and, I, you know, I cleared up. He was just my roommate and all of that. But go ahead. Tell the story. I just know one tell day. Tell your lies on us. No. <laughs> I just know one day, as Russell mentioned, we were roommates. And, you know, I know it's a party tonight. So I have class to go to the fit, which is our fitness center, play ball. I go home. Let me get a nap. Cool, get a nap. Keep on hearing stuff. What's going on? But not even paying attention to it. I'm upstairs. <laughs> I go downstairs. There's 150 cues in the living room. <laughs> Who let y'all in? <laughs> you know the scene on Fresh Prince when he come downstairs from, from sleep? And, it, lying, <laughs> and there's a whole music video going on. <laughs> I walk back upstairs like, I don't know what's going on. Walk downstairs. It's a thousand cues. I know I said 150, but they multiplied. I don't know how. Making that omega oil or whatever devil juice they make. And so let me tell you, I'm gonna jump in. I can't say I know. And then Russell Russell told me, I told you about this. I did, but hold on. Let me tell you how much of a real one Nick is, though. <laughs> See, this is the part that he likes to <laughs> casually cut off. So Nick comes downstairs, looks at it. Looks around, sees all the cues. Then he sees the females in the house too. So Nick, you know, pulls me to the side. I'm like, hey, bro, I told you about this. He gives me that look like, no, you didn't. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> then he thinks about it, 
Kaznick wasn't going to the party originally. And then he goes back upstairs, puts on his finest sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) The matching uh, forces, the the white tee. Do-rag. The matching do-rag. And came back downstairs and was like, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> Let's I'm ready. He took a couple of shots, started talking to females, just went about his business. And then brought it up the next day like, hey, bro, that was that was some BS. But <laughs> – and then the funniest part about it is Nick was there. So, first of all, I had told Nick about it. Um, I had told Nick earlier when I saw him on campus, like, hey, some bros are going to be coming by later on before the party. What is the definition of some? A whole chapter or – like four or five. Because I swear it was a whole UTC chapter. It was a couple of chapters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, he can't say I didn't tell him about it. Now, I might not have told him how many. Because as you all know in college, things progress. I was just talking about two or three from Cumberland. And then next thing you know, they're talking to <laughs> such and such. Like, hey, we meet at Russell House. And next thing I know, I got 20 or 30 cues in my living room. So, of course, you know, back then before we were all saved, we were like, let's call some females, and then we're hanging out, and then we're drinking, and it's a good time, and here comes Nick. And then I have to go sit up for the party. So I leave. I'm like, all right, bros, I'll see y'all later. And I'm like, what? where are you going? Because this, you leave, Russell, you leaving something. <laughs> and then Nick looks at me, and he literally goes like, hey, bro. And he looks again, and he's just like, you know what? F it. He goes over there, reaches for to the top shelf. Pulls down the polar ice and gets busy. <laughs> Top shelf. <laughs> and I, I want to say uh, Nick was dancing us up at that party later on. I think by that time he had a couple of drinks and was feeling good. So I'm just going to say I probably missed my first two classes that morning. I will say this. I feel like the story worked out. So I can't be held responsible. Honestly, I think all our stories worked out. It's just that conversation that we had the next day like, bruh, come on. <laughs> but since we're talking about frats. So, so, so let's, let's discuss... Again, you're in a fraternity. On, I, I am go. not. Come on, give it go. We <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, but but so you're in a fraternity. I am not. Right. Unless you consider Alpha Kappa Psi a fraternity, <laughs> which I mean it is, but it's not one of the what is it, Divine Nine? Correct. Okay. So, do you feel like overall, not just in your life, that fraternity life versus just regular person life plays a huge part into the college atmosphere? And also going forward with life as far as connections, you know, things of that nature. So I, all jokes aside, feel like outside of, you know, being, uh, becoming a Christian and being dedicated or uh, baptized. uh, Well, I guess I might have been dedicated when I was little, but being baptized and uh, marrying my wife and having my daughter. Because pledging my fraternity was one of the best things I've ever done. You know, it's high on the list. It's not going to be above those things, but it's pretty high up there. Um, it's something I've dedicated my life to. It's something that I've seen be beneficial in me. I hesitate because I feel like the fraternity and what its purpose in general, I can speak for my fraternity, but overall fraternities and sororities, I feel like that we have a uh, a stigma, if you will, a reputation for kind of missing the mark of what we were originally founded for. Um, no matter which organization it is, it was founded for the betterment of Black people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Black fraternities here. I don't know what Cap, you know, Capital Sigma or whoever what they've been up to, but the Divine <laughs> Nine. Yeah, that's that's what we're referring to here. Fraternities, sororities, even down to the Iotas who were founded in the '60s. They were right in the middle of the civil rights movement. That's kind of what spurred them. Um, to pop up in case you were wondering about that. <clears throat> you weren't, but... Uh, always. I was <laughs> curious for knowledge. But no, like, you know, in our case, uh, there was just a, a need on campus. Uh, in the Alphas and the Kappas case, uh, they were founded on uh, white and white uh, colleges. So there was a need for them to bond together, have some type of unity. That's where all of this grows out of. Now, nowadays... We have a lot more, um, a, a lot more freedom in a sense, um, or we have a, a sense of freedom. I'm not sure that we exactly have freedom these days, but that's a separate talk yeah. for a separate day. And our fraternity really does a lot of work. However, with social media and 
with the things that you're able to see. You're able to see so many things. Like, we don't do a great job of showcasing all of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Like, we have mandated programs where we give kids scholarships, yeah. where we do blood drive. The Black History Month started from um, the Achievement Week that was founded by one of our fraternity men. I did not know that until. So, know. you know, um, I mean, we've got so many great men who've done great things. And to this day, we still have men who are doing great things. But what you see is us fighting each other in Texas or you see, you know, since stories about hazing and unfortunately people dying and all of this stuff is more prevalent nowadays because the news cycle is constant. Social media is there and it's going to quickly remind you of all these things. So when you see us with our tongue out, when you see us, that's what you associate. That's what Greek you associate life as, Greek especially. Life as. So, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, even though social media wasn't around when I went to college. That's all I knew as fraternities and sororities where you interrupt the party with your strolls and all of that. And some people do it. They were lame in high school and now they're <laughs> cool now because they pledge a fraternity. So people get girls just because they're part of, you know, a Q or Alpha or Kappa or whatever, a Sigma. So <clears throat> that's what and I, I've seen a lot of people where they would pledge and not really be actively involved. Right, And that's what kind of turned me off from the whole Greek life thing is that people are just doing it and not doing it for the reason that you kind of mentioned that it's a lot of things happen in the background that people don't see. Right, And that's why I respect people like you um, that's still active to this day, actively involved within your, your Greek community. But a lot of people don't see that. And a lot of people don't follow that same, I guess, path when it comes to sororities or fraternities. And a lot of it has to do with your pledge process. Um, now, of course, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated is a non-hazing organization. We have what's uh, called MSP. You can find out about it online. And it's a selection process that lasts about six weeks. In that time, people really take a uh, – they show you a lot of special attention um, during the, those six weeks. And you really learn a lot about how you should conduct yourself as a man. Um, and especially a man of Omega. So, but even more so, your chapter brothers are way more instrumental. So I've been places where they'll cross so many people and then you don't see them for a decade. They just show back up at homecoming. Um, <laughs> like that Kawhi, uh, that Kawhi video. What it do, baby? <laughs> they just show back up and well, then you don't see them. <laughs> so... But you know, that's not the way that my chapter rolls. You probably know most of my chapters yeah, because you're going to see us at every home. They're coming. everywhere. But at the same time, I've gotten several opportunities. Like I've gotten out of some legal trouble when I was in Memphis uh, through my fraternity connections. I got the first job at Wells Fargo. Legal trouble. No, that was. Remember, I almost burnt down an apartment. No, nah, we'll say that for another day. Though. Yeah. So uh, almost burnt down a whole <clears throat> apartment complex. Um, Actually, your your fraternity brother got me on at Wells Fargo too. Yeah, so uh, and that's just by me vouching for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of the stuff that uh, then when I was trying to help you when you were in transition, mm-hmm. I was running that through fraternity yeah. brothers that I had. So it's a uh, you have to, but it's just like anything. You have to put something into it. You have to invest. I can't just take take take. I've also given. I've also given people opportunities. I've also reached out and been proactive on maintaining. You've given a lot of your time too. Exactly. So I mean, I think that fraternities, just to kind of wrap that up, fraternities and sororities have a a place. I think that it's up to us to not be. We have to maintain our old traditions and what we're for, but what we were originally founded for. But we have to adapt them to today's world and it's okay to have fun it's okay to have fun with your fraternity or sorority but the important part is that's not what you remember that you don't want people to think cute and think wow fighting in parties doing whatever in parties right you want them to to think of cute and think of all kind of the like the the values that y'all instill in each one of you i don't want you to think cute and think of me eating air coochie like that's not (laughs) (laughs) that's not what we're really aiming for here I'd rather you think of me, you know, since serving at church and just. But I think that coaching. is the perception with a lot of people, even people interested in being a Q. And that may be the reason that they want to be a Q just to stick their, their tongue out at parties. I and will say this. Hook. 
eating air coochie is not not like it's not Caleb. if that's what you want to do this for, <laughs> you might not want to play it. You're in the the wrong. Yeah, you've got life. Yeah, I, I but like know. some people just man, I can't wear to work. Wait to wear gold boots. Like that's their. Yeah, and I, I again, I wanted to do that same thing, but the same. But also, that wasn't the, that wasn't the determining factor you pledged. I want to get. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you whispered. You want to get closer with God. <laughs> but uh, no, like my mentor um, in high school, outside of you know, I mean, obviously my dad, but like outside of my family. My mentor is the Q. He uh, was my track coach. So he's one of the people that I've seen giving back his time. Uh, he's still beloved to this day. Um, actually, in Chattanooga and in Murfreesboro, because he coached there as well. He coached track down there. And he's actually from Chattanooga. But, I mean, yeah, I, just these relationships and all that. So I, I'm not going to um, labor on through this point. But it was just interesting to me that that's what she thought of me. And mm-hmm. it kind of led me to wonder just what is our role? Like our, you know, yeah. So that's where we're at with that. Yeah. And I would love to see the whole Greek life change that perception for the upcoming people that's interested in that. Because so, so what can we, what can Greeks do that um, would change that perception to you or, or just make us more relevant? Honestly, it would take a while to change that perception because I mean, I don't think, I think it'd be something that's over time that, that will have to change. So showcase more of the good works that they're doing. Showcase some of the scholarship that you guys are doing. Uh, showcase the the brotherhood that you guys have. Things like that can open the eyes that it's more than just wearing gold boots and army fatigues and throwing a hook. And, and that goes for all fraternities. I mean, every fraternity is doing some good things. But a lot of people don't see that. Yeah, you hear that, Q? It's more than just having fun and beating up the alphas. Like, we have to <laughs> make sure that we showcase us doing more things in the <laughs> out in the community. So, we, you know, good feedback is always good to hear from somebody on the outside in. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, so speaking of fraternities, and of course you have to be enrolled in a, a college to, to pledge. I've seen a lot of discussions online about whether it's better to go to a, a four-year university or a college, you know, two-year, <laughs> or, you know, go to a trade school and, and, well, you know, a trade skill or something like that where you can, you know, uh, welding, uh, carpentry, anything like that. So what are your thoughts of, or have you, have you looked at that, you know, Tell me what you think about. Have I looked at that? I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, you got to start reading my Facebook post. So <laughs> exactly who I got it from. <laughs> so I guess I'll start. With, let's start with our stances on it. So okay. for me, if we're putting one against the other, I don't feel like that 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 that's necessary. I feel like trade school is for some people, college is for some people, some people. Can do both. Like personally, I've looked into a couple of trades. If especially if I can go for free here in Tennessee, um, why would I? Why not? not? Yeah. So here's okay. No, no, no. Let's make it up before I get into that because I'm gonna talk for a while when I do. What's your stance on it? Similar to yours, I don't think college is for everyone. I don't think trade school or getting a trade skill is for everyone. So I think it just depends on what are you trying to do in life. And then, oh, my God. What? Is that? No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I just think it all depends on what, what are your interests. I don't think one way is, is worse than the other. So there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. For me thinking logically, no. But from what I'm seeing online, people are like, no, college is stupid. You should not go to college. You should do this. And then I'll see, hear people say, take me in the game, coach. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go, Russell. So, look, man. I'm going to go and start off. I'm going to start this off this way. As he, he pulled the mic closer to him. So this is serious. I want you all to look me face to face. So I want you to unlock your phone. And I want you to look at your phone and just imagine I'm looking back at you. Most of y'all are lazy. L-A-Z-Y. Y'all are lazy. You don't Preach. plan well. 
you don't, you procrastinate. You really don't know what you want to do with your life. So it's not education's fault. It's not your college's fault. It's not your major's fault that you went into a career where you didn't use your degree. It's not your college's fault that not only did you get a scholarship, not only did you get a Pell Grant, you still also took out a loan and decided to ball with it. Man, everybody used to look forward to that. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, don't get me wrong. We could have been educated better. I know specifically me, I could have been educated better about my loan. But guess whose responsibility it is? To at the end of the day. So, you know, like I was a marketing major. I had enough foresight because I started off in engineering and realized that's not something I wanted to do. I had enough foresight to go into marketing because my plan, this is a foreign concept to some people. My plan. plan, You mean something that you think about, sit down, think about, take time into organizing your thoughts and putting together for something for the unforeseeable future. Is that yeah, no, yeah. People, you're, you're right. people are supposed to do that? And imagine having the idea that you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and want to use what you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on. Like, I went to college and was like, hey, I'm going to be a marketing major because at the time I wanted to be a sports agent. And so I did enough research to know that the main thing that most agents wish that they had done was take a business course or take a business major because getting into law school, it didn't matter what your major was. You didn't have to be pre-law. You could have a degree that actually taught you something about running your own business. You did research? Couple that with, you could then go into, they have programs, University of Memphis and UT were the ones that I looked at that partnered your JD, with, uh, which is your law degree, along with your MBA. So nobody was nobody just told you that you just look you just went out on your own and did some research. Exactly. So you know, like the people that I know that still use their degrees, they actually came up with a plan. So the issue with college, and I'm going to get to trade school here in a second, but the issue with college is not that you that it's not working; it's that you didn't put enough work in to make it work for you. Look, anything that you do in life. Anything, whether it be a trade school, I guess they, I guess it would be a diploma or yeah. a certification, a degree, Private or whatever it is. And I don't mean that in any demeaning way, but whatever the certification is that you get from a trade school, it's only going to be worthwhile if you do something with it. Like you can go learn how to fix cars, and guess what? If you go work in a food factory, you did, you wasted nine months of your life. You didn't do anything with it. It's the same thing with a college degree. Like if you go and get your bachelor's in, you know, drawing or art or whatever it is, you also probably should have known ahead of time that you weren't going to come out and make $150,000. You're going to come out (laughs) making $32,000 and have to pay back your loan because you went to a liberal arts college. Like, bro, do something with it. To this day, it's not too late for you. Go back and get another degree or another certification that complements what you did. But no, what you did was you came out, you got a job because you didn't know what you needed to do to get the job you wanted. Because a lot of times there were uh, internships. Mm -hmm. There were other things you could have done in college to set you up to get an entry-level position in your career that you actually went to school for that would have set you up to where by the time you're our age now, you're in that degree. Now, don't get me wrong. Life happens to some people. Some of you are going to stand up and say, what about me? Shut up. (laughs) Had you planned better, you would be doing what you wanted to do, more than likely. It's just as simple as that. Now, I also want to talk about trade school. And Nick, you have to just give me a second. I'm on. No, you on it. So with trade school, bro, like trade school is great. There are, I honestly feel like I have younger family members who need to go to trade school. They are not going to cut it in college. (laughs) They're just not. I, I mean. Just being honest. Yeah. And I've told them this to their face. So if they're listening, yes, I'm talking to you. Uh. And trade school is is good for people who want to work with their hands. But what we have to stop doing is glamorizing trade school. You have to stop telling kids you're going to go into trade school. You can get out with no debt. Make make $75,000 right out of. That's not (laughs) true. It's not. Just like anything in life, there's potential. Yes, you can go to trade school. 
you can get out of trade school and eventually you can make really good money. You can make 75, 80, $100,000. But guess what's going to come along with that? More than likely, it's entrepreneurship. Start looking beyond these numbers. Like when you see these numbers, stop doing a quick Google search and saying, <laughs> hey, you can make $80,000 as an electrician. Guess what? The average electrician makes $52,000, which is good money here in the South. It is. You can live a comfortable life in the South off of 52 grand. The high end salaries are in places like California and New York, where they're making uh, high 80s, low 90s from what I looked at. But that's that's kind of bad in Cali. Out there, it's about the same as making 50 here. Again, you can be comfortable. You can feed your family. You can take vacations, but you're not going to be rich. What we have to do, stop doing is saying, hey, I know Bob and Bob makes 150 grand a year because he's an electrician. Maybe Bob's special. Let's talk about that. Bob could also be a contractor. That's that's different than actually working for a company. It's also going to come, again, it's entrepreneurship. But what we have to do is stop discounting that there are special people in this world. There are Outliers. people that are going to succeed no matter what they do. Yeah, they might have gotten a trade and they might run this amazing business. But guess what? They probably could have gone to college and succeeded there as well. These There are people who are just special, who are going to excel in life. Because they have a drive. They have the ability to commit. They have the ability to execute. Those people are going to commit or going to finish any task that you put in front of them. What you need to do whenever you're educating our youth is give them averages. Because more than likely, they're going to fall closer to the average than they are the extreme. For instance, you. so what you ask me, Nick? What's the average skilled trade salary? Thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> So across all of the skilled trades, which is what you're talking about when you're going to trade school, I Mm -hmm. hope if you're engaged in this conversation, you know that the average salary in the USA, that means all of USA, that means California, that means the places where cost of living is extremely high. The average pays $48,750. For trade school? Or $25 an hour. Mm. Let that sink in. Your entry level position is $25,000. So you're not going to make $75,000. In your first job not in a trade school. Not a chance. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for most of them, there are some unique ones, but I guarantee you, those ones that they are going to make 75, 80 coming out, they're risking their life. They're, oh, they're doing, doing something, something Yeah, doing something that potentially could kill them. Um, the most experienced workers make up to $82,875 on average. Now, again, they're going to be outliers. Yes, I know that you're- But you said with experience. Exactly. Now- You know, they put in 30 years and yeah, they're 50 at that point. They're going to be making pretty good money Mm -hmm. if they're hard workers. Yes. But have you actually talked to people who are tradesmen who have a skill set? Ask them about the 12, 13 hour days of back breaking labor. Ask them about the hot conditions. Because guess what? I sell to manufacturing. Yeah. I know how hot it is. Ask them about standing eight, nine hours in front of molten lava. Ask them how hot it is when they're welding. You know, ask them about the um, how hard it can be or, you know, what I'm saying if they're not clipped on with their harnesses right, the risk of falling. Ask them about the person who got blown up in a silo uh, because they lit a light like these are all. Yeah, things that they that's, have the, to do. That's, a, that's the kind of stuff you don't hear. And I know my, my kind of turning point, because when I was in college, I worked at a factory job during the summer and over Christmas break. And it was one day I was like, I got up to work because I worked third shift. Uh, at this place in Cleveland, Tennessee, as a case picker, which what I did was run orders for Kroger. So it would be orders. It could be from one to 300 items. And I would stack them on, on the back of two pallets. And I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to work. I had a week left from summer vacation. And that's when I was like, I'm going to college. So my, my thing I wanted to do, and it was kind of a dumb goal, but I was wanting to be where I could go from work to happy hour and not have to go home and change. And growing up, the jobs I had, I couldn't do that. I was a busboy at a restaurant. <laughs> I could not leave there and go to happy hour. And then I was wearing the factory. I worked at Kmart. Everywhere I worked, I could not do that. So my job, my goal was to get a job in an office where if there was an event after work, I did not have to go home and shower and change. I could go straight there. And that was just my motivation, but it's not everybody's motivation. But I wanted to work hard within the corporate America, America, 
instead of being in the sun for 14 hours a day or <laughs> being on top of a wire line or in things like that. So that's kind of how I looked at it. But it's just different from everybody. Some people like being outside. Some people like being in the heat. But that's just kind of how I approached it. And there's absolutely positively nothing wrong with that. Like and That's why I'm saying it's for some people. I, I, my dad has a, um, I guess we'll call it a landscaping, a, a lawn company, if you will. And I thoroughly enjoy cutting grass. Like I do, but because I went to college and I had a plan and I've executed that plan fairly well, I have the opportunity to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that, but I have <laughs> the opportunity to do that. And so I really cut grass to help my dad grow his business and for the fun of it. But, you know, like I just have a skill set to where I can make more money doing something else. But it's something that I thoroughly do. like if it were up to me, I would cut grass all day and go coach football and I would be the happiest man in life. However, I have things that I want to uh, achieve and attain for my family. So I, don't get me wrong. Again, trade school is great for some people, but also let them realize there are costs that come along with it. There's time opportunity costs. There's just a little bit of everything. And then they have to go out and actually work. Like if your son is lazy right now, your daughter is lazy right now, you think that they're going to go to trade school all of a sudden have work ethic? (laughs) They're going to work hard? Like think about things like that before you tell these people false dreams. So what I recommend doing, what I've seen be effective is have them figure out what it is they want out of life. And work backwards. If they want to earn X amount, tell them to look up the average of what people make in these different fields of the things that they're passionate about and figure out how long it's going to take for them to get there. What's going to be the quickest way? It might be to own their own business, cutting grass, and it might be to go to school and become a lawyer. I don't know. It's whatever they're going to be passionate about, but they have to know what it is. So if they write down their own plan and then figure out, okay, what schools can I go to? to execute this plan that's going to put me in the best position. If you do those couple of things, you've done everything you need to do as far as equipping them with the information. Great. So, so you're making all this money. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm not, broke. But, <laughs> okay. So, you know, of course, it's two different paths. I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, the goal is to make money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do whatever you want to do with it. Either ball out. Or, you know, you want to be smart with it as far as investing, you know, 401k, things of that nature. So do you think there's a lack as far as we talked about knowledge with school? Do you think there's a lack of knowledge within the financial realm of uh, people, specifically black people, as far as financial gaining financial independence? So I have some numbers I want to look at, and this kind of goes on the back of the last conversation and kind of leads into this one. But I do feel like that we are, uh, that we have a people as black people can definitely do better financially. Um, I think that it's going to come with a lack of, I mean, comes from a lack of just knowledge. I have a, a conversation with a lot of our friends. We're very open about talking about ways to invest and different ways to grow, but it's seven, eight of us, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I don't feel like we're having this conversation on a large enough basis to really affect. I don't know that we're having it early enough. Um, I don't know that we're having these conversations with kids when they're in middle school or things like that. It should honestly be something taught in school. I'm not sure why. It's in, well, I do know why it's not because well, the less you know. It is in some places. That's a that's a common thing um, in the school. But it's more so an elective. It's not like a required. It wasn't an elective for right. my school. So, I mean, that was 20 years ago, though. <laughs> so, yeah. no, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't play Gracious, that was almost. <laughs> but I feel like also a lot of people, we, you got those that like to impress the next person. So instead of having that emergency in savings, instead of having, you know, having, having the, I guess, comfort of knowing that if something happened, I'm still good. A lot of people live for right now. Right. So it's like, I know I get paid next week. Let me just ball out this weekend. And a lot of people, what I hate the most is GoFundMes for (laughs) stuff like such and such passed away. Why don't you have life insurance? Like, it's like $20 a month. 
if you can afford to go out, you can afford life insurance. So for things like that, I don't understand why we should have a GoFundMe. Now, I understand there's some situations where, you know, an unexpected emergency happens or, you know, their house caught on fire or, you know, uh, somebody got diagnosed with some some something bad from the doctor. Situations happen. But everybody should have life insurance. Yeah, man. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I really feel like that it's a... A thing of living, like uh, to somewhat what you said, is living above your means. Your means. Um, I've certainly been guilty of that when I was younger. You know, doing a lot better as I've matured, but uh, definitely have been guilty of that in the past. Um, so I looked up a couple of numbers. So there's a calculator that I can provide anybody who's interested, but it'll show you if you put in whatever your personal income is, it compares you across different categories to different earners. Um, so I played with 60 grand. It was an arbitrary number. Means nothing to me. If you. <laughs> 60K means nothing to you. All right. Continue. You probably would have put it in 69K, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. Um, but so that would, um, according to this calculator, which is uh, from the Wall Street Journal, if you earn 60K. You're in the top 21% of Americans. That means you you make more money than 79% of America. Now, this is where it got interesting to me. If you're male, you're only in the top 27%. But if you're female, you're in the top 14%. So there's a discrepancy there. Mm-hmm. If you're white, that only puts you in the top 24%. But with black people, puts you in the top 13%. Wow. The only people that are lower... Than that, in terms of this, are Hispanics at 11%, that would put you in 11%, and Native Americans would put you in the top 12%. Asians are actually, that would only put you in the top 30%. So they're doing better than uh, white people. Um, as far as generations, millennials, that would put you in the top 10% of millennials, which is our generation. I think it starts in like 1980. Um, Gen X, which is right before us, that would put you in the top 30%. Baby Boomers, 27th the silent slash greatest generation, the World War II veterans, um, that will put you in the 12th percentile, which they're probably getting up out of here soon. Yeah, so. they're making zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, then high school level educated completed. Now, I want you trade school people to listen up because this is something I like to talk about. If you didn't finish high school, earning 60K will put you in the top 4%. If they did high school or equivalent, that would put you in the top 10%. Some college or associate's degree. So we're going to say that trade school is equivalent of a associate's degree. Fair enough? That's, I can accept that. That would put you in the top 16%. If you completed your bachelor's, that puts you in the top 37th percentile. 60K will put you in the top 37%. If you get a master's or above, that puts you in the top 54%. So that means forty only you're only making more money than forty six percent of the people who have an advanced degree. So college means something as far as earning potential. Mm-hmm. Um, the last study I read let, said that if you just complete some college, I think you earn almost a million dollars more than if you only completed high school over a lifetime. Over your lifetime. So again, that means something. But if we're bringing this money in and we're blowing it, doesn't really mean anything, you know. Don't they say we have like the highest spending factor? As like, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't prove that. I don't know how they they came up with that, but I know I read something. I yeah, there's a lot of things that say that. I need to look at more research because it's hard for me to say that white people, uh, Asians, make more money than we do. Mm-hmm. But they, but then we have the largest spending. That and, doesn't add up. So they make more money than us on average. And we're only about, I think, a third of the population, 20%, 20, 30% of the population. But we have but we have more money to spend. Something doesn't add up about that. Yeah. So, so do you think also within the black community that we are we don't like to have those type of conversations as far as when it comes to finances? Because you know a lot of people don't like to tell what they make or you know, tell how much they have in savings or you know give any hard facts behind financial. So do you think, is it, is it like, uh, it's not race uh, specific or is it 
you know, just black people. Because I know I have people that, you know, they don't like to tell how much they make. Right. They feel like they may be judged or anything like that. I don't think that that's necessarily, um, I don't think that's necessarily a race thing. I think that's just a culture in America that's slowly changing. Mm -hmm. Like, to be completely honest, there's no reason why we, why whenever a job is posted, that the salary range isn't posted as well. You could put it for 40 to 50 grand, uh, depending upon uh, experience. Like, there's no reason for it not to be posted outside of just, it benefits the uh, benefits the employers. As far as a, a negotiation tactic. Right. So, like, I have recruiters as friends who outright tell us like we have a range and if i can get you below that range you know good for me i get a pat on the back for that so there's no telling how much we've lost out on by not negotiating Mm -hmm. so i think it's just it's a conversation need to be had but i don't think that that's just in general Uh black people i think it's a a general thing that just needs to be improved honestly agreed agreed but that's why you never Kind of, you're not supposed to be the first person to put a, a figure on the table. I, I normally give like a range, and it's a it's a wide range. Okay, so <laughs> that's enough about that. Okay, so now you got all this money, you know, and you know we like to have fun. So you like to travel. Everybody the transition travel. king. <laughs> I've been working on it. So I we've been. I know you've seen the articles. About what's happening in Dominican Republic. It's his home, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Me, myself, I've been there twice. I I bet. When you were born. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Um, I didn't have a problem. First time I stayed at a resort. Second time I stayed in the villa. Had a great time both times. You mean the young ladies? So, (laughs) with my homies, we had a good time. Come on, man. Giggity. (laughs) So... What I want to bring up is that, and we do it all the time, people. <laughs> can, I yeah. finish? can I finish? A lot of people say, and it, it goes beyond just the Dominican Republic. It goes to like boycotting stuff. Like I'm boycotting Gucci, and they would never step in a Gucci store. He's never owned anything real Gucci. So I see a lot of people saying, "Well, that's it for me. I guess I can cancel Dominican Republic off my list for this year." You wasn't going anyway. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts about people that kind of are those people that would have never done bought the product or never went to the place and still say, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm boycotting this, I'm not going here, but you weren't going anyway? I ain't going to hold you. I don't understand those people um, or people like that. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I'll boycott some things. Some things I won't boycott, just depending on how I feel about the situation. But I look at it as a situation. For, like, for instance, I'm not listening to T.I. T.I. is not going to come on my TV and tell me what I need to boycott. Like, <laughs> But T. you were, were you buying Gucci anyway? T.I. was like, boycott TMZ. Why? Because they offended you and your sister? Come on, bro. Did you boycott Netflix for uh, Monique? First of all, do you find Monique funny? I upgraded my subscription. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Uh, but I also like, I mean, everybody was like, Hey man, we can't go to the Dominican. Like 10 people then died. And I was like, word. I wonder what that Southwest flight is hitting on right now. <laughs> it's probably like, going now. <laughs> I if I get a round trip for 120. I wonder if I got any PTO time that I can go on and shoot out there real quick. Um, but no, I mean, rest in peace to the people that lost their lives. Um, let's let, you know, the situation kind of come out. But at the same time, I'm very skeptical when um, this is going to sound very hotepish or very, you know, whatever. But I'm very skeptical when it's a place that is strictly brown people or people that look more like me. And the white media is the one covering it and sensationalizing things. Um I mean, we've seen a thousand times where things have blown out of proportion. That wasn't really what happened. I mean, hell, the uh, that whole situation with the the was the GM from the Warriors, where or no, the Raptors, where they were like he was causing commotion. Come to find out, the officer pushed him first. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you just got to kind of. But that's the media's job is to create that turmoil and create that division. That's what I feel like. I, I feel like the media does this. No, and justice. it is. But we also should be smart enough to. 
figure out what's what on our own. You just said something right there. We should be smart enough. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just the way that I look at it. Like, it is what it is. So, I'm going to look into different situations, but I'm going to wait and see. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they're down there killing people, cool. You know, not cool, but, you know, I get it. I'm going to stay away from there. But if it's just one resort, why not just not go to this resort? That's what I'm wondering, but... I don't know. I just thought it was funny because that was in relation to a lot of people always saying, I'm not doing this. I'm not purchasing this. I would never go to this. Hey, yo, T.I., if you're listening, bro, you, you're you not going to tell me what I can and can't support. I, you're not you're not that for me, bro. I'm <laughs> you sorry. So T.I. is not that. T.I., I, listen to me. So he can't tell you to stop wearing Until Gucci? you started talking like you did back when you first came out. If, we had when five you balls in hand. And 30 bras going to choose. <laughs> like, if this not that, T.I., if it's not, you know what I'm saying, the, the pee pumper, if it's not, <laughs> if, if that's not what you own, bro, I, I'm not trying to hear hey, it. You know what the pee pumper is, you're too young to listen to this podcast. Man. So, yeah, man. So that's T.I.'s take. So we're talking about dumb, or speaking of T.I. So speaking of T.I., I want to talk about rap a little bit. Rap. So, as you all may probably guess, two 30-something millennial black guys are probably pretty much into hip-hop. I like country music myself. Lil Nas X is not country music, bro. <laughs> hey, he's talking about a horse. <laughs> uh, well, Meg the Stallion's talking about a horse, too, but, you know, that, yeah, that's not that's country that. music. <laughs> so... Uh, I wanted to I wanted to do something, man. I wanted to tell you some of the dumbest rap lyrics that I can think of of all time. Oh, this would be uh, interesting. So I wanted to read you some rap lyrics, the dumbest rap lyrics I can think of. So I'm going to start off real, real lightweight. Uh, Wale. Shout out to uh, Wale. I'm a tag him this, even though he's not listening to our podcast. How you know? He could be one of those 48. Wale in 2011 off the album, the 11-1-11 theory. Wale said he has, and I quote, good pipe, make a girl to a good wife. Good morning, Wood. I just need a termite. So is <laughs> so he needs somebody to bite his wood off? <laughs> I don't know what he. I don't know what he's trying to get at, because <laughs> termites eat wood. So I guess he's wanting his wood eaten. But what? Don't termites them? Okay. Um, I'm just gonna go from the hip. I, I don't know what. I can't cite this, but I know Lil Wayne said, <laughs> "Wheezy F baby, the F is for phenomenal." What's wrong with that? Well, it, it sounds like an elephant phenomenal, but it's actually a PH. So <laughs> I don't know what Lil Wayne was thinking. And I don't know if he actually, they say he doesn't write. So maybe the fact that he didn't write his lyrics, that's what he came up with the elf sound. But he he missed the ball on that. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Young Thug said, double R, that's a rose. Painted yellow. Like it's dairy. First of all, they don't even rhyme. <laughs> Second of all, all young thug lyrics are trash. <laughs> so let's put that out there. <laughs> Fine from the hip again. Uh, Rick Ross. I think he had a lyric that says something like, Reebok on, I just do it. That is not their slogan at all. He also talked about... Uh, uh, <laughs> what rape Molly? Put Molly, put Molly on. She didn't know it. She didn't know it. So. Um, yeah, that's right. Jules Santana's from the Drought Three. Black Republican said, "Rock star, flyer than an ostrich." Ostriches don't fly, do they? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they fly. Um, I know. Common said, "Real rappers are hard to find, like the remote." Controller. <laughs> that's the oh, that's the part. No, I got one for you. Okay. Freeway, the Philly legend. The one that never rhymed. We from two different cities, Minnesota and Philly. Wow. <laughs> Isn't Minnesota state? 
That would be the one and only. <laughs> so, I guess that doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh, what else? Okay, I don't have anything off the top of my head. So, now let me do my research. So, Jay-Z said, and this hurts me, 38 revolve like the sun around the earth. Say that again. The 38 revolve like the sun around the earth. Sun don't revolve around the earth. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I found one. Pharrell said, clap your hands if you feel like a room without a roof. No longer a room at that point, Pharrell. <laughs> Always been about them horizontal lines through them S's. That's a dollar sign. Oh, the vertical. We got some dumb rappers in this world. Um, let's see. I'm gonna find one more, and then we'll wrap this. What, up. And then, also, what are your your guys' dumbest rap lyric that you've heard? You know, you can let us know <laughs> what's the dumbest rap lyric you've heard. I guess next week we'll have to do dope ones, but um, yeah, man. <laughs> You're a football fan, right? Yeah. You uh, ever seen Notre Dame's helmets? Yeah. You know what they look like? They're just um, gold, right? Yeah. Put a number on your helmet like it's Notre Dame. They, it's, Rick Ross. It's blank. It has nothing on it. I don't think these people research <laughs> the lyrics. Or that. I, don't think they, I don't know. I don't think they think about it. Yeah, man. So I feel like that's uh, <laughs> that that's good enough, man. But we will come back. We might make this a weekly thing. Just find some more dumb rap lyrics for next week, and maybe come back with some dope ones. But so yeah, man. So that was the new podcast. I keep wanting to say the Russell and Nick podcast. This is hate us or love us. Uh, we tried to touch on some more serious things this week, just to give you all a different feel to kind of. See how you feel about it. So we look forward to getting some feedback. Um, we didn't really get a lot of feedback. Yeah, in the, you the drawing. But by the time this has come out, hopefully we have some more. But I'll let Nick talk about that. I have a drawing on Facebook. All you have to do the, this week's contest or whatever is just to comment on. I have four questions. You answer two, you get one entry. Answer all four, you get two entries. Just give us some feedback. There's certain questions on there. Just give us some feedback about the show, what you like the most, what you what you hate the most, your uh, how would you rate it, and how would you improve it. Things of that nature. Just give us some feedback, good or bad. We don't care. We just want to hear from you. We want to make it better, and we just want to continue to grow. Also, um, we're looking to have start to add some guests on the show. Uh, we got some very interesting topics to discuss, and we got some. We're being selective on who we let on the show because we want to continue to bring good content. So, but the topics that we have and the discussion that we'll have around it, it you don't want to miss it. So, look forward to that soon. As far as us having guests and having some some open and honest and good discussion behind those topics. Look forward to a new graphic coming soon. Shout out to Drew. Uh, he's going to take care of us on that, and we actually got to work on that. But shout out to Drew. And um, one last thing before we get out of here, we want to start promoting our friends, small businesses or just small business in general. Mm -hmm. uh, one person that I reached out to that actually responded was uh, my boy, Mike. Uh, so shout out to Mike, Mike Bright. He is the owner slash operator slash CEO of uh, Music City Soul. Uh, Music City Soul is a dance crew comprised of members from all over the U.S. with different styles brought together to form a group of passionate dancers that live and entertain the masses. Their crew performs every weekend in downtown Nashville on the street corner of 2nd Avenue and Commerce Street. 2nd Avenue and Commerce Street, nicknamed The Corner. The crew brings the people of the city together regardless of their age, race, religion, or political beliefs. Music City Soul unites the people of the city through the power of music and their unique form of entertainment, interactive entertainment. They perform all over the beautiful city of Nashville, as well as many cities in the U.S. Come be a part of Music City Soul experience and book the crew for your next event. I say all that to say that. Man, you sound like one of those uh, radio commercials. Man, I'm trying. But I say all that to say, go out there and support my guys. They're on the second in commerce. They are out there. Go tip them. They will. Bring. Do they have a website or something that the people could go to to get more information? Or you know, I'm going to include uh, links to some of their performances. 
Uh, they're out there every weekend, but I'll pr- include that. I'll also include links to uh, some of their profiles and things of that nature so you can book them directly. They do do private shows. Um, <laughs> mm. I didn't mean it like that, but hey, yeah, you, did say you, you pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they'll come out and do events. Uh, they are really great. They performed in the TSU parade uh, last year. I've seen them. I've been entertained uh, thoroughly. So I just want to support my guys. Go out there and tip them well. If you've got a bachelorette party, let them know. They will get you all involved. Uh, just a great dude, great people, man, and supporting the city, doing great things, man. So, And what we want to do, like Russell's doing now, we want to highlight some of these people with their own businesses and trying to get them out. So if you have your own business, let us know. you know, And we want to kind of get that information out, get it to the public. And let everybody know about it to drive more business. Bitcoin's up a thousand dollars in the last hour. I have Bitcoin. So. <laughs> I bet you do. So uh, my daughter just walked in. She's excited to see Uncle Nick. So we'll wrap up the. Um, hey, boo. The. We'll wrap up this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Haters and Lovers podcast. This is Russell signing out. This is Nick, man. We'll talk to you next week.